Well, this loss, you know, really, 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 really hurt a ton. Um, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie. I, you know, the first two interactions I had today were, John, they were extremely telling. I woke up this morning, and Amy from Villanova had sent me a text message, 5 a.m. So she had woken up, like, you know, not quite middle of the night, but certainly when you wouldn't normally be awake. Um, she sent me a text at 5 a.m. that says, this is tough. It says, my heart feels like it's broken in a million pieces. And then I saw um, the first person I talked to this morning in person, because Amy and I had then talked on the phone. But then I talked to the first person I saw and spoke with in person was in the elevator here at WIP. I came uh, upstairs at the same time that Seth Joyner came up to do Angelo's show in the 9 o'clock hour. So we ran into each other around 8.45 or something. And so Seth and I get in the elevator, and to say there was no talking would be an understatement. Like, <laughs> he he's head down, I'm head down, and after about five to seven seconds, he just says, miserable effing morning, man. And I'm like, nailed it. Yep. Yeah, and they, those right. are my first two interactions today. Heartbroken in a million pieces and miserable effing morning, man. And that's that's how we feel. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's uh it's an all timer, man. It really yeah. it really, really hurts. Still representing today though. I see you wore the Jerome Brown jersey even in spite of it all. You know, I did, James, and I made that decision last night before going to bed. I wasn't anticipating that upon a loss. I wasn't even anticipating a loss. Um, but last night, shortly before going to bed, I thought, you know what? This is our squad. They gave us a great season. It goes through the decades, you know, Jerome and all the guys to the present day, these dudes, um, appreciative and proud of the season they had despite them laying an egg on the biggest stage. So, yes, James, I wanted to wear this jersey, and I'm glad I did it. It what actually made you want to wear a hooded sweatshirt underneath it instead of a dress shirt today. <laughs> uh, I'm I not think the, that's a better decision. I'm not in the mood for your little barbs there, Richie. <laughs> we'll get to that later in the week. Uh-huh. Let's go to the phones. A tough one. Let's react to it. Let's talk to Derek and Paoli. We'll get to some Jalen Hurts audio this segment as well. Hi, Derek. What's up, Joe? How you doing? How you doing, John? Hey, Derek. Hey, I, I just I got a question for John at the end, but the only thing I I just I don't like about what you were saying, Joe, is like I feel like Jalen Hurts he played a really good game, and yeah. you really got to me you really got to sit back and nitpick when you say he didn't he, like they're down eight, and this guy he threw some darts on that drive. Oh, the I know one he did. Got her, yeah, you know the one that Devontae. Like I feel like he played a great game, and for you to just say like he didn't score fast enough. That's like that's like really like a kind of a nitpick. Look, he's and doing play, what the coaches are telling him to do. Yeah, the coaches are telling him to do that. So then also the one play to me that really people don't mention, we get those fourth and third inches all year long. And when Isaac went offside, oh, man, oh. the next play was the fumble. Yeah, yeah. And me and my buddies were just like, man, that play was super, super big. Well, and it was th- and it was three in a row because I'm not saying it was yeah. his fault. It was a Gainwell slip on third down. Yep. It was Sayamalo jump off sides, and then it was the Jalen drop the ball and inadvertently kick it right to the Chief. It was, and it was three in a row. By the way, the Jalen dropped the ball on third and six. Isaac Sayamalo and Jason- – Or second down Gainwell. I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Isaac Sayamalo and Jason Kelsey were both blocking one guy. We had Jalen counted it up, 
There were five defenders in the box. He thought he had five offensive linemen to block five defenders. One of them was Nick Bolton. Isaac Sayamalo, and he's sugared up. Isaac Sayamalo, rather than blocking Bolton, turned in to help on Chris Jones. So you're double teaming one guy. Bolton was unblocked. Once again, an example of the offensive line not not being completely airtight. You know, and a free hitter. The, the guy was spying Jalen, and I, I understand. You know, I think in that situation, you take the numbers and you cover everyone up rather than turn that guy over to Jalen exclusively and it ended up costing us. He's the guy who scored a touchdown. Hey, John, real quick. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think Steichen or Gannon called their best game. Yeah. So why are, why would they even be inconsiderate? Like, would you want those guys coming to your team after watching that performance? And meanwhile, you got the dude from Kansas City, the enemy, who he went in the halftime, and he just dialed up a whole other game plan, right? Yeah. Yeah, except a lot of that's Andy, Derek. I mean, listen, I, I get your point on, on – listen, maybe Bannon would be a great head coach, maybe not. I don't know. I, I just know that everybody knows that the Chiefs offense runs through Andy Reid conceptually um, and certainly as the play caller. And so, you know, it, you get in a territory where it's, it's hard to know, you know, what percentage of the – pie of success or failure uh, a coordinator should get when he's not dialing it up as much look the, w- the way it stands now that uh, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen are, are sounds like likely leaving I'm I'm not heartbroken you're okay with it yeah I mean I I did everything I I believe that Jonathan Gannon had gotten a, a lot better than what we saw last yep. season in this this year uh I don't I I don't know how realistic I was being. You know, was I was I trying to build a case for Jonathan Gannon in my head that he was better than than what he was really exhibiting? Because there were issues. Yeah. You know, stopping the run, the mixing it up against good quarterbacks. Would he be able to do that stuff? I expected him to take a step. I did too. And he didn't. Well, he he did not. Uh, now again, I want to be very clear. I think the players did not help him, especially the front four. I mean, those dudes just didn't even come close to getting home meaning to, to Mahomes. Let's get to something Ray said last night. He basically asks a question, uh, but you can tell his opinion sort of within the question, and then we'll get John's assessment of it. Here's Ray last night on NBC Sports Philadelphia. The question that I would ask you guys, and I'd ask Ronnie uh, and Barrett, is in the second half, when it was obvious you weren't getting pressure from your front four, your front four, just, they just weren't getting there. Um, was there an opportunity or was there a need uh, for Gannon to, I mean, we all talked about the fact he's, he's not a blitz guy. That's not his philosophy. But when your front four ain't getting home uh, and, and you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes that's in rhythm and moving the ball down the field, doesn't the defensive coordinator have to do something a little different to try and change things up a little bit there? Because Mahomes was having way too much fun in the second half. John, what's the answer to that question? Should, uh, he, should, he, have, should he have blitzed more? Well, I, I wanted something different. Uh, maybe it's you stem your D-line right before the snap. Maybe it's you rotate the safeties late. But what we did in the second half was not good enough. Not clearly. Uh, so, but but he's so it just feels like he's so uncomfortable with the blitzing concept at times. You know, like that maybe he doesn't feel that that's his identity. The bottom line is we were not prepared the way the Chiefs were prepared. Maybe we didn't even have those those plays in the game plan. Well, the, the disappointment we is with the better roster. 
Right. That's that's you know like you can you can take so uh, much to work with. You know there have been times as Philadelphia sports fan, I know the squad I love, Phils, Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, they lose to the better team. It happens sometimes. I mean when the Sixers lost to no one to Kobe and Shaq, it's like what are you going to do? What are you going to pound you know pound the table and complain? I mean come on, other team of Kobe and Shaq. Um, you know this one was a major, massive, enormous blown opportunity with the better team, and that hurts. It just hurts a ton. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Jeff in Wilmington. Hi, Jeff. Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, Jeff. This one hurts because we've been saying all read basically 50-50 pass run. Right. And we, we had no answers in the second half. Uh, the fumble by Jalen hurt. I, I I was feeling bad about that in the beginning. This, this might not. This isn't going to help us. And then the punt return. That punt return by them. Yeah. I mean that set up an easy, well, a short field. Well, and it was two different that things. Was, it was bad punt and bad punt coverage. Yeah, two different yeah. issues on the same play. You know exactly. what Aaron Sipos's net punt distance was oh God. for well, this game. Well, he had two probably punts. 30, 20, 25, 30. Nine. I don't know. Yeah. Nine, Nine yards. Oh, the net. net the net after return. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gotcha. On two yeah, there, punts. Dude, there well, a- listen, and Jeff, their decision, and we talked about this, their decision, and they is Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and Michael Clay, the special teams coordinator, their decision to not go to door number three with yes. the punter no. You can make a case is a big part of costing them a Super Bowl because we knew that, we knew Sippo stunk, we knew Kern stunk, and we know enough about humans and sports to know there's somebody else alive who could have kicked better. We just we know that, yeah. and that not going for it on fourth and two on our own territory. That I, I was surprised at that too. I'm like, dude, you guys do this all year long. Yeah, I mean, it you was know? it was it was unusually look. They were unusually back. Meaning yep. they didn't do that all year long, but I I felt that Sirianni did not feel the moment. Yeah, real quick, Joe. Thanks for the call yesterday. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. Yeah, my, my pleasure, Joe. My pleasure. All right, all right, man. Good stuff. Um, look, did you guys think about? Because boy, oh boy, did I. And I will say I did not think about it until I heard Merrill at halftime. Did you guys think about, especially in the third and fourth quarter, how eerily similar this game last night was to Super Bowl 52 in the third and fourth quarter? Absolutely. And it was even 10 points at halftime. 10 points at halftime. So at halftime, John, I hear uh, – by the way, you you and Rob did a great halftime show. A great and – and, and post-game, I, I, I listened to a chunk, and I thought it was really good. Uh, Thanks. And it didn't even dawn on me. Until at halftime, I heard Merrill say, you know, hey, the Eagles are up 10. Like, we all, we're all we all feeling good. We're feeling great. But just remember, the Eagles are up 10 in Super Bowl 52, and Tom Brady came back and took the lead. A one-point lead. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I thought, okay, well, you got my attention there. And then Mahomes did exactly what Brady did. He scored on the first possession, scored on the second possession, takes a one-point lead. In the fourth quarter, you still got time, but took a one-point lead, and and then is where things started to diverge. 
because where the Eagles had previously in 52 came right on back down, the fourth, uh, you know, fourth down conversion is Zach Ertz, the touchdown is Zach Ertz, you reclaim the lead, the whole deal. You know, you didn't have that. So the next thing you know, the Chiefs are up eight. And I actually felt pretty good that Andy went for a, a an too. extra point. I was terrified he was going to go for two there. I thought he should have gone for two. I totally agree. Totally agree. I thought he should have gone for two. I think he would have gotten it. was one of the few it. mistakes he made the whole game. Yeah. And, and, but it just was really similar. And, and listen, this case, obviously, Jalen flat out brought him back down. And the two-point conversion was tremendous. But... um. It wasn't enough. The, the bottom line with the defense in the second half, the bottom line, well, there's two bottom lines, Gannon stunk, but no player made a play. No. Nope. A player, you need a play. You need a sack to get the Chiefs off schedule. You need a deflection. You need an interception. You need a great first down run stuff that creates a second and 10, that creates a second and long. You need somebody to make a play, and the only time they, they basically did – the referee said, let me take this yellow thing out of my back pocket and throw it on the ground. And and that was the ball game. Dewey and Royersford. Hi, Dewey. Hey, Joe. How you doing? Good, Dewey. Hey, James. Hey, John. Hey. That, was, uh, that was a real tough one. Um, I just Real fast, I just want to make three quick points on the Bird game. Um, first of all, you never end a championship game, meaning near the end of the game, any sport. With a call they made on Bradbury. Not and that call, yeah. Other calls, sure, but not that one. No, not that call. Yeah. If he's got his back to the ball and he's pushing the guy or, you know, blatantly, you know, doing something real bad, then you make the call. Uh, number two, Jalen Hurts had an MVP game, had an MVP season. Uh, it'd be different if he did that fumble, say, like halfway through the fourth quarter, then it makes it worse. He did that, you know, first half. He rebounded like a champion. He did. Uh, the running game, he was the running game. Um, yeah. Obviously, our running backs didn't do, didn't do their job. Uh, number three, Sirianni has only been a head coach for a couple of years. So everybody that wants to say Andy Reid outcoached him, I disagree. Andy Reid's been coaching a lot longer. Now, yeah, I coached him, Dewey. Dewey, 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 do me a favor. Just do me a favor. Trust me when I tell you, regardless of age – regardless of how many years of tenure, trust me when I tell you what I'm about to tell you is a fact. Andy Reid outcoached Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon last night. Of course he did. Okay, well, that's that's the opposite of what you just said. No, I disagree. Can you hear me? I'll say it again then. Yes, he did, but Andy Reid's been coaching that you know, so much longer, and he's been in championship games. He's, and give Nick a bit of a break. He's his second year in the league. You're and it's his first that, words, experience saying, with that and all that. Or let me say it this way, ready? Sirianni played small-time college football. He was a wide receiver, right? Well, we got him from the Colts. Nobody gave him a shot. Everybody said Howie Rosen made a mistake. He just had us with a 10-point lead at halftime in the biggest game, in the biggest sport in the world. Yeah, and then they blew it. That's the best way to put it. I know we blew it. Okay. All right, but um, you can't just say, you know, give all this credit to Andy Reid. You know, that was a terrible call at the end of the game. Uh, I agree that caller earlier. Um, I'm not blaming Quez Watkins, but that was a big that was a big one. I'll tell you this, too. We appreciate the call. Him. Yeah, heck yeah, I'm blaming him. 100% I'm blaming him. How can you not blame Quez Watkins? Should have caught the ball. And it was, I mean, I'd have to look it up. Was that his, one of his only two chances last night? Did he have yes. like one other catch? Yeah, one, one catch. catch. Yeah, I mean, no, he should have caught the ball. I mean, that, that was a killer. Let's get to Jalen Hurts after the game last night. Um, Hurts talked on a few different topics, but a lot of it 
centered around the loss, obviously, and sort of the move forward. And, you know, as Jalen always does, sort of uh, perspective. He starts off here talking, reflecting on the game, but also uh, past experience. Um, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, James. Let me let me start with a, a different. I got a little confused myself here. Jalen on the moment last night. This is uh, typical Hurts with, uh, you know, what you'd call quality perspective. But here's Hurts after the game. And I think um, you want to cherish you want to cherish these moments. You want to cherish these moments with the people that you've come so far with. You know, um, your family, uh, your loved ones, your teammates, your peers, everyone that you you do it with and do it for. You know, and uh, I'm so proud of this team. You know, I will say I'm so proud of this team for everything that we've been able to overcome. Um, obviously, we had a big time goal in the end that we wanted to accomplish and we came up short you know and i think the beautiful part about it is everyone experiences different pains everyone di- experiences different um agonies of life but you decide if you want to learn from it you decide if you want to use that to be a teachable moment and i i know what i'll do you know for a still re- relatively young guy john meaning he's a young adult he's not an old adult he's a young adult he's a 25 year old man he is very wise. I mean, he I'll say. he is a always, very, always. very, very wise guy. He talked more last night just, just about the whole thing. You either win or you learn. That's how I feel. You either win or you learn. So, you know, as always, uh, win, lose, or draw, I always reflect on the things that I could have done better, uh, things we could have done better. To try and take um, take that next step, and that that'll that'll be the same process that goes on now. You know how he's handling it will help the Eagles in future years and help. Um, I I don't want to say cement his uh, leadership because I think it had already been cemented. I guess what I'd say is this: the only thing that could undercut his leadership is if he said something last night post game that was finger pointing, was "Don't blame me," and there was none of that from Hertz. He he handled it like a champ, if you will. And that's what you want. Because he did, in many ways, have a great game. And he certainly was far from less culpable than defenders and the coaching staff. More on Hurts last night, reflecting on the game and also touching on past experiences. We lost. We came in a win. Came up short. So, you know, it's, um, it's something that I know that'll motivate me. Um, I've been here before. That's the beautiful thing about it. So I'll figure it out. References being there before. I don't know how beautiful it is, but (laughs) it is what it is. Of course, he's talking about losing a national title game. Look, I'll I'll say this. Um, I I thought Hertz was not as good last night. I thought Hertz was not as great last night as obviously a lot of other people think. But I still think he did a lot of great things. As an Eagles fan, I'm remarkably proud of this guy being the franchise quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he's really something to build with. But I do think there is a lot of – there's a lot of people – forget everything else that went a little weird. He gave the other team seven points, and you can't act like it didn't happen. I mean, that was – Right. I mean, that, very unfortunate and uncharacteristic play yes. by Jalen Hurts. But uh, I I do think you are – Undervaluing, I agree. His performance. I know you guys I really do. Totally. I know you I don't. really do. I know you I thought yeah, he that was, was. I thought he was amazing. That last was a night. horrendous play, man. When our offense, the, the the first half, it just it felt like we were we were unstoppable. I I believe that Jalen would continue to just grind and put us in the best yep. position. And 
he didn't have the opportunity in the second half. Well, yeah, but let me That's let me brilliant on third down. Brilliant. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, that third and fourteen throw, like, is is one of the great throws he's ever made. For Goddard. I mean, the Goddard. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I James, so, I agree. We were eleven of eighteen on third down, I, and then two for two on fourth down. Yeah, like that's winning football. That's winning quarterbacking. Here, no, I agree with you on that, John. Here's the one thing I'll say, and this gets sort of in, like, really inside football. <laughs> that's what we're talking about, football. Here's the thing: I think a lot of people uh, don't um, dwell on enough. Uh, and you can say this is Sirianni's fault uh, or not. You can make your call. Nick Sirianni does not put Jalen Hurts in a position to, upon being blitzed, throw to what should be an easy, open wide receiver or running back. And I believe, and I can't prove this to you, and I look forward when we get an opportunity this offseason to talk to Sirianni. Obviously, when John and I are in the morning show, you know we'll be talking to Sirianni and Howie Roseman and etc. Some of the key Philadelphia sports figures from time to time. New morning show starts on Monday of next week. I believe Nick Sirianni does not put him in that position because he thinks Jalen Hurts isn't ready for that. And I don't know how you think you can know that. Uh, I, I, there's because it's, baff- it's baffling to me. He doesn't let him do it. That goes into hot routes inside adjustments yep. than just the quarterback. I believe with Jalen, the huge step Jalen's taken in, in dissecting defenses and understanding defenses. He is plenty ready to take on that added responsibility. Well, it's the next step. You've clearly. got the offensive line yeah. that needs to know what they're doing and and how they're adjusting. Yep. You've got the receivers themselves who need to understand the coverage. And and look, I think AJ Brown's great with that. I think Dallas Goddard does a really nice Devontae, job. Devontae, obviously, Devontae's yeah. unbelievable. I think those guys are ready too. I don't know what the holdup is. Well, look, the other theory is that that Sirianni just believes. A free guy coming at Jalen is okay because more often than not, Jalen will make that guy I think miss. That's likely well, why they stick with this approach. Could be. I mean, it's it's one it's work. It's one or the other, or a combination of the two. And it's it's a, it's an important thing to figure out because this letting Jalen because you know you know what the the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's do. You blitz me, boom! I'm going to hit that guy for seven. Boom! I'm going to hit that guy for eleven. And by the way, then your body doesn't get hit as much, and so you're not in in as much uh, danger as far as injury goes. There's no doubt in my mind that topic is is the next step for Jalen Hurts to check off. Here's what I'll say. Whatever steps there are, I would bet my life Jalen gets better. I, I agree with I you on that, bet James. My life I, on James, it. I agree with you on that. I, I agree with that. I don't want anyone to take this as doubting Hurts. I'm just saying I don't think he's there on that. Shout out to Cameron John Ritchie coming up bad to the Bone Award. Hate to say it, but our version of Blame Balls plus all the calls. Shout out to Cameron John Ritchie on WIP. Pro and college hoops, hockey, MMA, and so much more. The Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app has you covered. Get odds, bets, slots, and games right in the palm of your hand. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. The official sportsbook for the real Philly sports fan and the only sportsbook and casino app that I recommend. Bet on more than just the score. Bet on player performances. And with live in-game betting, you can bet during the game. Check out our pro basketball team. We're 13 and a half point favorites hosting Houston. The over-under 226 and a half. And remember, with you can bet on points. You can bet on assists. You can bet on rebounds. Your choices are endless and exciting. And how about this opportunity? You join me now. New users can get up to $750 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet is not a winner. Download the app and start playing instantly with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. I'm waking up to action. 
To the camera and John Ritchie on a uh, really tough Monday morning, 94 WIP. We know the new uh, morning show, our new show will start in one week. Uh, Angela will go through this Friday, and then on Monday we'll take the reins. We were hoping for a parade. We didn't get one. We don't get one for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of things that went wrong last night. I do believe the Eagles fundamentally blew the game, but we will try to uh, ascertain the biggest reason. Today's Twitter poll question of the day is sponsored by PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing that others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your complimentary evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. Today's question, what is the biggest reason why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl? Four choices. A, Jonathan Gannon. You know, everything he did wrong. B, the defensive players, things they did wrong. C, Patrick Mahomes' greatness. And that can't be completely dismissed, by the way. I know it's not going to win the poll, but it should be a sizable chunk of consideration. And D, the uh, bad call by the ref on on James Bradbury. John, would you go right to choice A, Jonathan Gannon there? Yeah. James, you, are you right to Gannon? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I think you guys, to an extent, are letting the players off a lot more than I am. I mean, the front four did not have a sack, and they barely had pressures. Yeah, but you got to adjust, man. If you, it's not, they're not getting home. It wasn't working, especially on that field. Someone just on Twitter put out a quote from Jim Schwartz from the, the London game in 2018 against the Jags where he talked about it being a really slippery field, and he changed his approach because of that. Like, see what the game yeah. is, see what's happening, and adjust. So I agree. The players, the players deserve blame, too. But I give more to Gannon. Yeah, no, I I get your point. Um, it's a tough one, man. It's a really look. You can vote at Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. When I say it's a tough one, it's a it's a tough thing to react to. This this game, this is not what I wanted. I wanted a parade on Wednesday or Thursday. I thought we were going to have one. I'm stunned. I mean, if you're just tuning in, breaking news sounder. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I didn't see it until like the there was a point in the third quarter. Look, I know when Jalen dropped the ball, fourteen fourteen. It's like all right, this is it's getting a little weird. But then the Eagles responded with 10 straight points, and we all felt so great at halftime. Now, you knew the Chiefs were getting the ball, and you knew that presents kind of a problem, and you knew the Eagles should have been up by more than 10 at halftime. That's the the only thing thing in the midst of a great halftime feeling – was you knew the Eagles should have been up by fourteen or seventeen points. Yeah, that and, and that Devon, especially coming right off that yes. Devontae call, which was it was a bad yeah. call. It was a bad it was call. A bad call. They did not have enough evidence to overturn that. I thought so. My and, God. And that changes thing. You you had the ball down at what, like the ten yard line. Oh, they with definitely get I, I feel so confident they touchdown. punch yeah. it in. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna score a touchdown, you're up fourteen points. Let's talk to Ben in Millville. Good morning, Ben. Bad morning, Ben. Uh what a morning, Joe. Yeah. Hey, First off, appreciate the call. Uh, you know, that's good to hear somebody reaching out to you every once in a while. But uh, thank you, Joe. My pleasure. Um, yeah, I guess you get the whole steal. A lot, a lot of people know me in Moville. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Calling that, calling that phone number. Um, but, yeah, birds. I mean, we ride and die. And with the highs and the lows today, you can hear my voice right now. Cheering the excitement last night. But Jaworski says it all the time. You have to control the turnovers. Whoever wins that turnover battle is going to win the game. And Chiefs had zero. We had one. They won that game. Um, You're right, and they won it by three, which means, you know. Seven. Yep. Yep. Look, I think it's a bigger thing than a lot of people are letting on because people are so happy and proud with how Jalen performed in most ways. 
But I think a lot of people are just kind of looking the other way. And, but and, I think it's also because they had a 10-point lead I get after it, James. that. I, so, like, I get it. you're up 10 at halftime. It's hard to go back to that play and be like, that was the reason because you're up 10 at halftime yeah. and you blew it. I'm not saying it's the reason, but I'll say this. It's a major contributing reason. It hurt, yeah. for sure. But it's, it's they were seven, up 10. It's, they were a, up 10. It's, a, it's a free seven in the Super Bowl. Well, and it's it's – Man, the numbers on when you give away yeah. a touchdown on a pick six or a fumble return, it, it skews everything yeah. in your opponent's favor. And it's obviously bad luck. That's the other thing I think a lot of people, I totally get it when people are kind of just looking the other way because it was not a mental mistake. Not, no, it, 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 it was just, <laughs> yeah. just literally dropped the ball. And he and it's so uncharacteristic. Yes. And, all, and again, I get the, it. the false start, the play before, you know, you look at that, that doesn't happen. The I situation know. doesn't come up. Yeah, you do a quarterback sneak, Sneaking you have the first, first down, down and yeah. I get it. I'm with you guys. Yeah, uh, you know, Andy Reid was you know, Andy Reid coached a great game, but when we have Nick Sirianni and they do the false starts of the delay game, don't they know that from 20 years ago? Don't do that with us. We, we I hate that. I hate that every single time. Poor clock management. We're screaming at the – everybody's screaming at the TV, but come on. Just you're interrupting the flow of the game. Well, they got to answer – I'll say this, Ben. They got to answer uh, for the clock management. You know, how much was on Sirianni, how much was on Hurts. It was really bizarre. But anyway, I I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but I thought that was also a major factor. Major factor. It was clearly their plan. They were going to run the clock down as far as possible. Yeah, I thought it was a bad plan. I was like, what are you playing for a hope of a two-point conversion and then right. and hope Mahomes doesn't have enough time to get a field goal? We've seen this dude get a field goal with 13 seconds. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with you. I thought that whatever the strategy was there, whether it was on Nick or Jalen, I think, I mean, it, feel, it felt like it was the strategy to Richie's point. And I'll like just, that was the coaching. Yeah. And I'll get to but this. It was bad. But then it didn't adapt. When it no, it didn't. To, and I'll, yeah. look, I don't like want to. If it weren't for those bit, the big throw, I mean, they, no they, question. they take forever. No, you know? and, and, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I'll just quickly sequence it just to detail how much time was taken here. Eagles get the ball. They're down eight points with 922 to go in the fourth quarter. First and 10 from the 25. It's a Miles Sanders run for six yards. It's second and four. You go from 922 to 839. The net, I'm not even going to say all the plays. Just know this. They're running plays in most instances. They're gaining yards, but it's taking eight plays to do all this. They go from 922 to 839 left in the game to 808 left in the game to 725 left in the game to 646 left in the game to 607. That is when – no, excuse me, then 545. And then the long 545 pass. is the long pass to Devontae and obviously then score on the touchdown on the next play. That's a lot of time for only what turned out to be, you know, six prior plays prior to the Devontae long bomb. That's a lot of time. In the end, it was four minutes and seven seconds to run eight total plays. That's a lot. Let's get to um, what we do uh, every single Monday. It's either the Bad of the Bone Award for game balls when they win or blame balls when they win, when they lose. Let's hit the Bad of the Bone Award. And there was some real bad. John, where are you going? Bad of the Bone Award in the really, 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 we did not expect it, Blaine Ball's version. Miles Sanders was bad. Uh, you look at the other skill guys on that offense uh, and just the, the production that they were able to put out there on the field with, with Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. A.J. AJ had 96 yards through the air. Devontae had 100 yards in the Super Bowl. Dallas Goddard was a force and our run game that I thought we could lean into 
was nowhere close to what I expected. And Miles Sanders' performance was part of that. The very first game, play of the game it exemplified the, the things that bother us most about Miles Sanders, that he bounces it. He, he bounced this opening play twice, uh, lost a yard, and fumbled it out of bounds, at which point he went in to get medical attention. Uh, when Boston Scott had his first carry, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Yep. It was amazing. Uh, we saw Boston Scott take a uh, a reception and make a couple defenders miss. I mean, that might have dudes miss. Dude, that might have been my favorite play that of the whole game. Phenomenal. It was awesome. That was unbelievable. It was awesome. That was unbelievable. The, the and Gamewell for the first looked good too. He, I mean, when he got opportunities, Gamewell looked fine. Kenny Gainwell outsnapped Miles Sanders when it was all said and done. Miles Sanders was a massive disappointment. I agree. He cost himself a lot of money, John. A Dropped lot. that ball. I mean, could have been a fumble. Uh, the, he fumbled out of bounds. He also, remember, they reviewed it. They called it a non-fumble because he did not have, whatever, take a football move. Yeah. But it was close, and that that could have been another set. Uh, there's right no there. question. Seltzer, blame ball, where do you go? Yeah, I mean, it's Gannon. We talked about it. it I said it for the poll. Uh, you know, again, just to, to not adjust at any point that game to just keep keep ramming your head into the wall. And again, to, to after we saw this over and over again last year, and the first time he faces a great quarterback this year, we just see it again and again and again and again. It was infuriating watching that defense, and the players deserve blame too. But for, for that performance from that guy after this year, when he finally started to win this town over, to just be the guy everyone thought he was again, uh, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. And, and you know. I just and I still feel cheated with the call at the end. That's not the reason yeah. I lost, but but it's bad. Look, I'm I'm very tempted to 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 say that ref that threw that flag. I'm 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 tempted to to say the guy that uh, that put that field together should be fired, and he should be. Um, but I, I got to tell you guys, um, I'm a I'm an admirer of uh, President Harry Truman, and it's one of the great quotes of all time: "The buck stops here," meaning he's the guy in charge. Um, and takes the blame when it's appropriate. The guy that hasn't been said yet that should be said is Nick Sirianni. Look, not only did he just clearly get outcoached by Andy Reid. I mean, that is – and for anyone out there, the 15 or 20%, it's like, oh, Andy Reid, he's overrated. And I'm not saying he's Lombardi and Belichick, all right? He makes his mistakes. But he showed you offensive brilliance last night. And Today's play- not the day. To, I mean, that yeah. might have been Andy's best coaching performance of all time. James, it was his finest hour as a coach. Andy Reid coached his inferior team to a Super Bowl against what I honestly believe was a vastly superior team, the Eagles. Vastly superior. And by the way, by getting number two, right, now you're you're getting up there. Now you're, you know, Shula two, I think Landry two. Like, you're, it's a whole nother realm. Uh, but back to Sirianni. So not only did he get outcoached by the other guy, but think about some of the specific ways. Um, you know, Whatever was going on with the cleats took too long to adjust. I mean, change cleats earlier. Um, he should have gone for fourth and two in the fourth quarter when he was up six. I know the ball's deep in your territory. Should have gone for it. I, I thought he missed the moment there. He gave Mahomes the inside track to take control of the game. I thought it was a – it's a risk. It's a big risk. I thought it was a risk worth taking. I believe in Hurts and the Eagles' ability to convert fourth and two. I think Sirianni did not feel the moment – that Doug Peterson felt with five minutes left in Super Bowl 52. I think Nick Sirianni clearly did not properly oversee his defensive coordinator. This involves the two-week preparation process 
for how are we going to combat Andy Reid's offense? And it certainly involved the three-and-a-half-hour game process of things Kansas City was doing. And, you know, obviously Gannon was outgunned, but by extension, so was the head coach. I also thought, and, and this is less on Sirianni, but, you know, it just did not feel like the O-line played a particularly good game, and then he sort of fully felt that reality and kind of dealt with that. I, and that's not as much on him. But I, I thought Nick Sirianni um, had a horrible time to have his worst game of the season, and it was. It was his worst game of the season. The decision to use Sipos, you can put on Decision to use Sipos. Decision to use Sipos. I mean, they had three choices. Sipos was door one. Freaking Brett Kern was door two. And there's a free agent, whoever that guy is, is door three. And they should have pulled the lever on door three. So I thought Sirianni got crushed last night. Gannon got crushed. And uh, the Eagles lost. And they, they did something that had never happened before, certainly in my lifetime. They A Philadelphia sports team, um, they blew the game. They in the championship round. I guess I guess you could say the union did that this summer. I suppose fall, whatever that was. But I mean, come on. Let's let's talk about the main four teams. They blew the championship round. Let's go to Mark right now. Mark, you're on WIP. Hey Joe, you stole my thunder, man. I was thinking the same exact thing, and even the the alluded to uh, about Sipos. I can't believe they used him. Yeah, I wanted him over Kern, but candidly, I really didn't want either. Yeah, well, he's shown that he's uh, prone to failure, so I don't know. It was a gamble, but um, huge letdown. Uh, and I I was surprised he didn't have Sirianni as part of the uh, multiple choice because I do feel like a lot of it was um, on his shoulders. And a question for John, do you think that Sirianni knows he's on thin ice because I mean, we let we've shown that we will let go of a Super Bowl winning. Uh, Mark coach. John can answer that, but I'll say this: he's not on thin ice. I don't think he yeah. is. Yeah, no, it's not thin ice. He might get a contract extension. But oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you, he will get a contract extension. He's one year left on and his look, deal. Look, he deserves it. Like, yeah, I, he was bad last night. Nick's like, don't let it. Yeah. Like he had a great year. He did. Yeah. He just last night sucked. And by the way, Andy Reid is an example where you can have really bad games in really big moments and still be a sensational coach. He's 41 years old, and it was his first time coaching in the biggest game. Like, you know? Yep. Fair enough. But, uh, uh, you know, just bounce something off you guys real quick. I mean, Doug Peterson was coaching high school, you know, five years before that Super yeah. Bowl win. So, mm-hmm. well, I Doug, Doug, Doug coached a better Super Bowl, and Doug obviously had a better preparation week than Nick. And what about the – you guys haven't talked about this yet. The, I can't believe that Sirianni kicked the field goal when it was fourth and six on the 15. I thought it was the right decision. Yeah, I was good with that one too. Yeah, I thought that was the right really? call. Really? Yep. I thought that was the right call. go up by six. Yes. I thought good. Andy made – that. the one decision Andy made wrong was to kick the field goal there. I, like Every Eagles fan was like, sweet, kick the field goal. Early in the game you mean, right? Yes. When it was the single doink. Yeah. Correct. Uh-huh. Yeah, listen, Mark, I'm not going to tell you I didn't appreciate the call. I'm not going to say I didn't think about – hey, should the Eagles go for this on fourth and six? I thought about it quickly. And I thought, no, I, I feel pretty confident kicking the field goal is the right call. Look, you do want to trust your defense to an extent. Now, I, I, I mean, I don't say you do want to. You can't completely dismiss the fact that the Eagles had a good defense this year and you're hoping they turn the tide. And you're hoping one guy makes one play. I mean, John, this game was not much different in the, in the second half at all than Super Bowl 52, with one exception defensively. Yeah. Brandon Graham made a play. Yeah. Right. I mean, the Eagles did not make a play on defense for about 27 straight minutes in Super Bowl 52. 
He didn't make a play. It, it, Gronkowski and Brady and the boom, 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 it's going down the field. And then finally an Eagles player made a play. And it was Brandon Graham with the strip sack. That did not happen last night. There was no one play. And really, it could have been just one play needed. One play. Literally the exact same thing. If the exact same thing happens. Yeah. You know, literally. No one made the one play. Yep. And, and to the extent they finally got a stop, the ref threw the flag. Um, but even even at that point, certainly while the Eagles would have had a legit chance to win, um, you they still were, let him walk down the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were you were playing with fire because now you're only getting the ball back with about a minute forty five to go, whatever it was. Like you're you're in trouble. This isn't not this is not a cakewalk now. This game was much closer than it needed to be, much closer than it should have been. And again, I'll say what I hope I never say again about a future Eagles game. Last night, I saw the team I love, the Philadelphia Eagles. They blew the Super Bowl. I can't sugarcoat it. They blew the Super Bowl. Justin in Skipack. Hello, Justin. Hey, guys. Uh, quick comment and then a question. Um, big picture, the defense cost us this game. I think it was about coaching, and there's a story we're not talking about. And to me, it's a decision, and it had to be Jeffrey Howard, your Nick, to bring Vic Fangio in the past two weeks. Um, he knows Mahomes, had success against him, but and I'm a consultant, so I know how these things work. Mm-hmm. You only take the risk of bringing him in in this spot because it really can be disruptive if there is a real, real problem internally. Um, I think either someone doesn't completely trust Gannon for devising the strategy or making decisions in game, um, or maybe the team can't agree internally, or maybe it's just they can't. They want to battle test the strategy. That's like what we're going to hear from the team about this. Well, Justin, let me ask John a question. John, don't Gannon and Fangio have a a, a, a relationship from the past? Well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Justin, he was here during training camp yeah. this last year, and I understand what you're saying that that it was like a under the radar like two week contract with the Eagles to help with you know this this postseason portion, but he's been around for a while, and I think that that's sort of like a security blanket, like a, a layer of security just in case something happened and they had to move on. Uh, Vic Fangio is man. He is so widely respected in this league. Yeah, Justin, I don't think you're you're uh, connecting the dots for why is likely the right reason. I can't tell you you're wrong. How can I? I can't prove it, but I think it's more born out of they had a relationship. They wanted to tap into his expertise. Obviously, it didn't work, but I don't think it's for sort of the nefarious reasons that you're alluding to. It's not nefarious, Joe. But John, I'll ask you a question as a player. You look at your coordinator differently if you knew the team felt the need to bring somebody more senior and experienced in. There's not going to be a second senior voice in that room. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Especially just signed to be the Dolphins coordinator. I mean, that part of it's weird, too. I thought that was very it's strange. It's strange, right? Justin, I, I mean, he yeah. is going I mean, to be can, the Dolphins offensive coordinator. Yeah, today. Exactly. How weird is that? I know. Can you imagine Andy or Spagnola or Belichick or McVeigh doing this before the Super Bowl? Well, but here, but here, but Justin, here's where I'll push back a little bit on you. First off, just for what it's worth, and I know I'm going from coaching to a different spot. The Eagles brought in Bill Polian for the coaching search for, for Doug Peterson. Now you got Howie Roseman, you got Jeffrey Lurie. The Eagles said, "Let's tap into this guy's expertise to help us hire a coach." So, to me, when you can tap into the expertise of someone to help you hire a coach. Anybody who's an expert, for the most part, I think that's good. Parcells one year brought in Belichick up in uh, 
I guess it was New England when he wasn't the defensive coordinator, but said, I want to use this guy's expertise. I, I just have a hard time believing an expert on the staff's a bad thing. I, I Justin, I, I think the bigger issue, and we'll never know, and we certainly can't prove it, that John alluded to earlier, is the very real possibility that the coordinators were preoccupied with head coaching possibilities, like today, tomorrow, they, and the interview process, and the talking with the family process, and the talking with the agent process. How much money am I going to get? Am I getting three million? Am I getting three point five million? Am I getting four million? How are we doing this? And I, I think they could have taken their eye off the ball, knowing they were about to have their salaries probably tripled, and they're going to achieve what is ultimately the goal for any coach in football to become the head coach of a football team. You could be right, and but again, that could be how he's saying we need somebody else senior in here if we think our coordinators are distracted. Listen, Justin, I hear you. I mean, it's it's one of those things we'll never really probably know. Um, I, it's a, it's an interesting phone call, though. James, what do you got in there? On this topic, Adam Schefter, Eagles DC, Jonathan Gannon is expected to interview today for the Cardinals' head coaching job per sources. You see, I'm annoyed he's interviewing today. Yeah, buddy, that's my point. That's because told you. they didn't. They didn't make that decision, John, at 10.55, and it's announced at 11.55. That decision was made in the last two weeks. And you've talked about this on the air multiple times in the past, about how, like, for these guys, for Gannon, for Stegen, this is the, the interview of a lifetime. This is the most important thing they'll ever do, potentially. Yep. And it's like, how could you not focus on that? How could yep. you not put your effort and mental energy into that? Correct. Yeah. And I've also talked before about, and this is just the way the cookie crumbles. There is, as far as I can tell, no escape hatch to help you truly avoid this problem it's a next year problem which by the way starts today it's the fact that not knowing in in a lot of instances like Gannon being an example whether a guy's going to get the gig elsewhere or not you were not able to attract the top offensive or defensive coordinator that was on the market during the playoffs for next season while all the other teams were hiring the top offense and defensive coordinators for next season because your positions were filled and you didn't actually know whether the guys were going to leave or not. So I, we all know what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to elevate from within unless they have some shocking hire. They're going to elevate from within on offense and defense and as I sit here, I don't know. No, I admittedly I don't know. I mean it could be the right choice, but I don't know that it'll be the right choice. But what I do know is guys that other teams wanted to prioritize are off the board because they were able to hire him a month ago. Well, and then not even adding the fact that Steichen leaving and potentially Gannon leaving, like they could bring guys who are on this staff with them to fill their coordinator positions, which the depth yeah. of the staff, like there's a lot of yeah. know, tentacles. To there's this. also something to be said for this, and this is what Belichick did against the Eagles in 04. You win the game anyway. Yep. Charlie Weiss was leaving the day after the 04 Super Bowl, and Romeo Cornell was leaving the day after the 04 Super Bowl. And their team won. The Eagles didn't. The, the, my biggest problem is that the product on the field, it looked like the uh, coordinators had divided focus in preparation for the game. It looked like the Chiefs coaching staff, the OC and the DC, they were locked in. And they had great uh, plans coming out of the locker room at halftime. It felt like we just you know, whatever, divided focus or, or something. There was something that held us back. I agree with you, Jim. Where we were, for the majority of the season, it felt like we were, you know, right. We These coaches were smart. They were ahead of the the other side of the ball. And, and they were, you know, throwing new looks out and being creative. They, that wasn't the case. And yesterday. you can make the case to the head coach, Sirianni, 
And again, guys, this is conjecture because we don't really know. I agree with what, the way John phrased it. It looked like, yeah, d- you know, divided focus. We can't prove it. I agree with John. It looked like it. But you can make the case, if that's, if that's the case, Sirianni as the head coach did not properly manage that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs to see that and pick up the slack. He needs to see that and not do it all. He needs to tell his guys. That's hey, what I guys, mean. Like, find it out. Yeah. Sharpen or, up. Or go to other guys and pick up the slack. Whatever you have to do. Like, yeah. let's, let's go. This is my most important game of my life. And I'll be here next year. Let's Even get though it. you guys might not. Yeah. I got I to deal with this after. Let's you know? get a ring on our finger. Now, look, again, conjecture, but I think John's instincts there are pretty interesting. 1230 today, we'll talk to Elliot. there back here. But He's still out there till tomorrow. Okay. Or late, I think he flies back late tomorrow. Boy, is that a brutal plane ride to he, take he back. He texts me. He's like, what do I do all day in Arizona? It's horrible. I'm like, I feel you, buddy. I That's brutal. You. Yeah. Elliot at 1230, phone calls throughout. Joe to Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Are you looking for tickets for events, games, concerts at the Wells Fargo Center or for our baseball games coming up at the bank? Do like I do and use the Game Time app for tickets to every event on the planet. Sports, music, shows. You get great tickets, amazing prices, even on last-minute tickets. And you can see exactly where your seats are in every venue. It's just so quick and easy. Just download the Game Time app, enter your email, and use the promo code WIP for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. That's promo code WIP. Game time. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed.